Nice. Uh, that nice. was a button off. That was great. That was Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. No, welcome back, fam. Wherever you are tuning in from, firstly, thank you. And congratulations for taking the time to listen to some words coming through and into your ears. Really excited to welcome on again the wonderful Jess Mayan. <laughs> really excited to <laughs> fill you all in on where we're at, what we've been moving through together individually as a human, but now also as one unit. A unit, an organism. Organism. <laughs> an organism. <laughs> we, we, we spoke into the, the unfolding of the dynamic um, earlier on a few episodes ago for those that have been following this, this story and the journey with <laughs> this uh, experience between us both. And obviously with the, with the last podcast we talked into the pain uh, of... Uh, letting go of the dynamic that we were in and, and stepping away and and then, you know, moving through that heartbreak and uh, pain that it came with, the emotion that was attached to the the loss of that depth of love that we were both experiencing for one another, but we were um, shown and illuminated that for me there was something inside of me that wasn't enabling me to commit to Jess in the way that I wanted to and it was that hard truth of that I was wanting to explore my sexuality with someone else and Jess was looking for someone that wanted to be able to commit to her in a a capacity that I wasn't able to fulfill for her so it was like a hard realisation that I couldn't do that but then voicing to Jess what, what was my truth which was you know potentially having that well, I, I didn't know originally. I didn't know what it was, but I, I yeah. knew that there was a closure or a, um, something inside of me that didn't feel quite right. And I couldn't put a point on it, but I thought it was the capacity thing. I thought it was the timing thing. I thought it was me just being fully concentrated and um, devoted to my mission. But then realizing it was that, it was my deeper knowing of that desire to explore my sexuality with someone and then opening up to you after going through that pain, it was a scary conversation and you received that with so much love and openness and we kind of transferred into that, which was what we talked into on the last podcast, which was basically that that kind of dynamic, that polyamorous dynamic is, it's challenging and it's it's scary and, you know, we never actually got to experience it <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was what came with it was the uncertainty like I didn't know when it was going to happen or if it was or what it looked like or how it was going to look and for me it was just being really honest with what where was coming are. through for me and being honest with you so you knew where I was and that was what I was just promising to you and me was just to be completely transparent with what was arising in my body and and what I was experiencing you know and for me there was lots of guilt and shame around that because we we hold so much pressure and seriousness around sexuality and exploration of self and <laughs> it's it was challenging to voice that especially you know on the podcast and um to, to share it with you as well but yeah. you know to be able to move into that with you and um open up I feel the the comms a little bit more and explore that together was it was fun and you know <laughs> we're only in it for how long I don't know how long, <laughs> but oh, yeah, let's let's talk let's talk yeah. into um let's talk into what happened. Like we were uh, we were <laughs> all over the show. We were all over the show. We were all over the show for a little bit. Yeah, and then and then you yeah basically after that last podcast that was you and I stepping into this open yeah. dynamic of polyamory and I think I know. I know, practicing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We actually never, it wasn't even the, I think a lot came up for me after that. And like, because you know, you can be in that dynamic and then now it's like openly, like other people know and now you're in the, now you're really in the dynamic. And I went into like like a lot of self-reflection and also you were asking 
me to be a lot more vulnerable with you and I was really struggling for me there was a block that I couldn't be more vulnerable with you and the dynamic we were in mm. and what I noticed coming up for me was the safety of feeling like I couldn't fully drop in and let you into all like my deep parts and my shadow self in that dynamic and for those listening what, what is what is shadow self Oh, it's just the parts of me that I'm have shame around, Mm -hmm. have guilt around, hide very, very well, and I've learned to for many, many years. And unless you really know me, you have no idea. So you were kind of you kind you came knocking on that door, and I thought, oh no, and um, yeah, I was really struggling to let you in, and it got to a point where. Yeah, I had to voice to you and say, in this dynamic, I don't feel safe. I don't feel that you're actually emotionally available to me. And I can't let you into these parts. Like, this is just, this is my boundary. Yeah. And and it was, it was like, I was, I knew that, I knew that that was next for us. Or I knew that I had to feel more uh, connected to you. Um and, and look into those parts and assist you through those because I know that you were struggling a little bit with your health and I was like, look, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. You know, but then part of me was also resistant mm-hmm. because, yeah, I didn't have the capacity and, yeah. you know, with, for those that are listening, Jess is, you know, she's a multi-complex <laughs> human being and she's she's been through a lot with her health. Um, if you haven't read her book yet, read it. Um, but it's an amazing story. And it's a story. And it's a, a part of your life mm. that um, was beautiful. And it was all part of the perfect picture. Absolutely. And, but I knew that there was, to assist Jess through this process and to assist her with her health, it was going to take a lot of capacity, you know. And I, I didn't have, I was, we are, and moving through a lot with Kurubi Conscious right now. And there's a lot happening. And I deep down knew that I didn't have the capacity mm. to assist Jess. So I was... Basically, half stepping my toe in. I was dipping my toe into the hot water. And I was like, fuck, I know I've got to get into that thing, but I just don't want to right now. I, don't want to, I can't. I'll come back to this bath. Yeah. yeah. I'll come back to this bath. But it was picked up on from you. And, you know, women are so intuitive and so sensitive to energetic um, boundaries and um, cords, and mm. they can feel it. They can feel what's going on. And as, as conscious as I was of myself and what I was saying, my energetic body uh, it was saying and speaking other things, which was confronting because I was uh, I was aware of it as well and I was observing it. Mm-hmm. And it started to bring up this little bit of discomfort mm-hmm. between us, a little bit of tension. This is yeah. and, and those in relationships feel this. And majority of the time we just ignore it and continue on with our life and we never get over these things and we never have these breakthroughs together as, as, a, as a, in a relationship. So I kept pressing and uh, I got to the point where we knew we had to have a conversation, eh? And mm. I, I drove down from the sunny coast mm. to come and see you. And yeah, what what was that like for you, me rolling in and like we knew that the conversation <laughs> we had? <laughs> so you are actually up in Cairns and yeah. my mode of communication is through writing. And so I wrote you a right. letter and you were leaving Cairns and I said, hey, I've written you a letter. I just need you to sit on it and, you know, just take it in. And, yeah, and I think you came back from Cairns. You tapped out for a couple of days. You went to Havana. And then you messaged me saying, all right, I'm coming down. And I actually thought you were in Cairns. So I thought, oh, he's no, he knows he's coming down to have this huge conversation with me. And, yeah, you walked in the door and I, I could, like, there was tension. You know, it was it always friendly, 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 but we need to have a conversation. And you walked in the kitchen and I was like – do you want to do it now? Do you want to have something to eat? <laughs> and we just dived straight in. Yeah, let's get it done. Yeah. Let's and get it done. Yeah, I think for me what was coming through was that in the dynamic we were in, I had the issue that I thought I would have, which would be you being with another woman, actually wasn't the issue for me at all. It was the issue that I didn't feel safe in the dynamic for me to actually open up and give you any more of me. And I'd reached the capacity of how much I was willing to give you in the relationship that we were in. And yeah, me just saying, I'm, I feel that you actually can't take on any more of me either. I didn't feel that 
yes, you wanted to know about what was happening with my health and you were there for me, but um, there was this part that I didn't feel that was really there. Mm. So I didn't want to mm. um, give you any more of that. I thought, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, what, what Jess has been dealing with isn't just like, it's not, it's not just a tummy bug. Like the <laughs> woman's missing her large intestine and her colon. She's had um, osteocolitis. Osteocolitis, yeah. yeah. And um, what that is is like it's a disease in the body. It's a, it's a disease, a disease in the body. And it manifested in the way of causing, yes, severe inflammation uh, in, these, in these large organs and got to the point where she was losing lots of blood and dehydration they had to remove these things you know this is this is the medical model there's an issue with it let's remove it let's yeah. treat the symptom yeah uh, and the problem with that is you know in this modern world is where we're not actually diving into the causation and the, the root cause of what's prompting these symptoms to arise in the body and so for me I knew that we had we had a lot of work to do with Jess you know I knew that there was a lot to be unraveled to, to figure out what was causing these things in the mm. body. And this is what I do for a living. This is what I love. I love listening to people and looking through the bullshit and tapping into the depths of what's actually going on. And 99% of the time it comes back to feeling safe and feeling yeah. loved. Yeah. Full stop. If we don't feel safe and we don't feel loved, we create things in our life that creates noise <laughs> and basically brings attention to self so we can feel as if we've got love. You know, and, and we can all resonate on some level here where we are looking externally for a sense of pleasure or a sense mm. of belonging. And if we don't have that in ourselves or in our close friend group or our family, yeah, we look externally for it. And sometimes it's really destructive. Yeah. You know, this is what I, where I believe gangs are created. These men that are in gangs doing fucking terrible things are just looking for love. They're looking to be held and supported and cared for. That's what they're getting in these gangs. They weren't obviously getting in their family. So I knew that I knew that there was a real depth to what Jess has been through and, and what has manifested in her body as osteocolitis. You know, we take the labels off these things and all I see is a blocked body energetically. Yeah. I see a blocked body and I knew that it was gonna take a lot, you know, <laughs> and I was like, Frick, I'm gonna have to make a decision here, either step out and pull back and really um just lighten this up a little bit or I'm going to dive head first and I'm going to have to just fully commit and put Call to Be Conscious down for a little bit. And that was terrifying, you know, that decision and um, and yeah, that, that conversation we had in the kitchen. We, we, did, we chose to step away. We chose yeah. to step away and step out of this dynamic and I, you know, reality is I only had four weeks on the coast left yeah. before heading to um, Perth and then I've got a few other events happening, retreats and yeah. immersions in, in New Zealand. Yeah. So what was that like for you when I was like, <laughs> let's just step back, let's just step back for a bit and 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 then kind of, it was kind of dissolving that dynamic. Yeah. And we it were was just going to basically go back to dating. Yeah. It was just, oh, you know what? You're only here for a couple of weeks. Back to casual weeks. sex. Yeah. Let's just, <laughs> <laughs> let's just have some fun yeah, for the next couple of weeks. Sure. When you go, you go. Whatever. Like boys, stay friends. But mm-hmm. this is getting to a point where, yeah, it's either fully commit and like actually dive deep here or abort mission yeah so we were like nah let's just we're abort mission in four weeks so it was <laughs> so it was like it was like the sense of almost um it was like okay this is all good you yeah because there was no deep attachment to one another and yeah. we've been through this yeah through that last end of dynamic yeah. that was that that was letting go of the the attachment in some way and yeah. kind of stepping out and loving loving with no limits mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is loving with the knowing that love is always gonna end mm-hmm. you know when we choose to love somebody we we choose to let them go as well so it was a practice of that stepping away from that connection that we had and into a more friendship yeah. Casual sex dynamic for yeah. the last four weeks <laughs> until I left. Which is good too. Yeah, which is fun. You know, we had fun. But like, yeah. So I, I basically, you know, stayed that night and then left the next day. Yeah. Back to the sunny coast. And then you were coming back that weekend for a stillness. Yeah. So, so it was Thursday. That was Thursday. So yeah. So you came on back on the Friday mm-hmm. night with Rue. 
And you stayed the night, and that's when um, <laughs> that's when everything changed again. <laughs> so that was forty eight hours. Uh, and for those that have listened to the um, Death to Love podcast, they would have an understanding or context in what happened that night. But for those that don't, basically, I was, I was, I was fucking opened. I was opened. I was, I was taken to a place in myself that I'd never been before, and it was, it was, it was death. It was a physical death I had to face. What was created by the ego was a scenario where I was having a heart attack, and it was terrifying. You know, Jess was on the phone to the ambulance, and Real was holding me and getting me to squeeze his hand, and I was looking into his eyes with my eyes rolling backwards and forwards and body trembling, and I was very, very fragile. Yeah. You know, and and Jess was witnessing that and having to <laughs> believe that I was gone, and and. And like, I, I just want to ask how 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 was that for you when, you know, you you were in that environment where just obviously tapped out of that dynamic and then all of a sudden I'm dying in your bed. Ruth's holding on to me and you're on the phone to the ambulance. Like, what was going through your mind and how were you feeling in in that way? Yeah, I think initially I was just in, I went fully numb mm-hmm. to everything. I was I just was full flight or flight fight fight or flight and um and then. When Rue yelled, no, 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 cancel the ambulance, cancel the ambulance. And then I'm trying to explain to the woman, it's okay, he's actually fine, it's fine. I still had no idea why I was saying you were fine. I was so unaware of what was happening. And, yeah, it was something I've never experienced mm. in my life. I cannot even ex- put into what, I can't even try and articulate what I witnessed, what I felt in my body, witnessing you going through that. It was just... I was just in utter awe and yeah, I just speechless, speechless. Yeah, it's, it's beyond, uh, beyond understanding. Yeah, I, and if someone tried to explain it to me, I wouldn't understand. Yeah. You actually had to be there and see it to, because yeah. it, it, it wasn't just, it was the energy, the whole energy of the room was just completely different. It's and this is you know getting to the more esoteric, uh, energetical, um, <laughs> multi-dimensional reality we're, we're tapping into here. When when I went through that death in my body, almost become like a, to give it to give you an idea. Like it was like I was plugged into the electrical circuitry. My body was like a channel, like an aerial, um, to to higher states of consciousness. Mm. And and what happened after that that death was, I was taken through like a, an energetic purge, I would call it, yeah. to make it simple for people to understand. Yeah. An energetic purge where my body was um, was moving in a way that I, I can't move. And I was consciously there, but my body was doing it. And I was almost witnessing it from a third-person perspective. So it was like my body was um, going through an exorcism. I think that my old yeah, self would understand if I said exorcism because yeah. my body was moving, shaking, doing all different kinds of things. And then what happened was this, this, this intelligence was coming through my body and speaking through me like a third-person perspective. Mm-hmm. Basically, it knew every single thing about me. It knew everything. It knew what I'd been through. It knew um, what I'd worked through as a human. It knew all of my darkest secrets I knew everything, and and there were, there were things in there that I was unaware of that needed to come out, and I had consciously moved through these things individually, taking myself through the process of forgiving that version of me, mm-hmm. through the guilt, the shame, um, and the anger, these things, but what was happening was this intelligence was coming through me and basically telling me that I had to voice these things in front of Rue and Jess, I had to be seen in them. And these these were the things I never I, you know I wanted to take to my grave. I didn't think I'd need to speak them out mm. out of my mouth. You know I, as I said, gone through them consciously, processed, felt, let go, forgave, forgave, but I had to speak them. Like it would not let this energy was stuck in my gut, and it was like a magnet pulling my gut out of me. Like my intestines felt like they were going to get ripped out of my body unless I spoke this truth. And as soon as I spoke this truth this energy started to move up my up my spine. So those that are aware of the chakras, the, the lower chakra, the root chakra, starts at the bottom of the spine. This is in the gut. So this is where the hips are. This is why the majority of this planet are fixated with pleasure. 
because this is the this is where the lowest energy center lays, and this is where I think ninety five percent of the population's energy resides in the hips, um, and this can manifest into masturbation, sexual pleasure, um, lots of weight gain on the hips. I know that might have triggered a few women listening, but this is just the reality of that stored emotion in the mm-hmm. body. And then it moved up. This it moved up as soon as I started voicing these things and letting them come through. The energy moved up into up through the spine, up into my heart. There were some things that I needed to speak to Rue, and then I had to put my hand on Jess's heart and move through some more emotion that was still in there mm-hmm. for the heartbreak. I had to apologize. I had to cry, and I was just observing myself. I wasn't even in my body. It was like this this information that was just coming through me, and it was yeah. just fucking. Undeniably the craziest thing I've ever experienced. It was the craziest thing to witness too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet. And because you, you felt the energy physically as well in your body. Yeah. You could see it and I guess that's what's incomprehensible because, mm. you know, we, we know of these things, we hear of these things, but sometimes, you know, we have to experience them to believe it. Yeah. And it's like that. Like f- for an example, those that are listening going, what the fuck is going on? Like how do you feel? How do you see it? It's the same thing as... Just for a moment, think about a radio station. Think about a radio station and how the, the we we flick our channel to a certain frequency and we pick up on that we pick up on that music that comes through it. That vibration, that energy is traveling all through the system. We can't see it. It's traveling through the sky, past the trees, into your cars. We can't even see it. We don't think twice about this energy that's just continuously moving through the through the bloody atmosphere. So to give you to give you an example, this is what it was like. It was like this energy was moving through my body, but you could feel it. It's like you could feel the radio channel coming yeah. into the car. So it was like I was a, I was like a an aerial that had just been amplified, like a big amplifier. So it moved up, it moved out, and I was basically taken to the places within myself that I hadn't been in a long time. So Jess witnessed me in my most vulnerable state, near dying, and then basically talking into all of my guilt and shame that I had stored in my body, that I hadn't voiced out vocally and been seen in, that the ego had to be seen in. So I was like, I felt like, I felt like a baby with its diaper, and there was <laughs> shit everywhere. I felt, <laughs> I just felt so seen, so open, so raw, and that's obviously what the universe was deciding to do. Yeah. You know, 48 hours prior to this, we're like, let's just step back. <laughs> let's just make let's it just super <laughs> fun and casual. <laughs> let's just take Next it easy. Plunged into the depth of yourself. <gasps> yeah. But, you know, you were met by Rue and I with so much love. Of course. So much love. And, you know, I felt safe. I felt safe. Yeah. And it was obviously perfect. But what came from that night was... Also an opportunity to put the torch on Jess and it was like this this intelligence, mm. whatever you want to call it, spirit, God, Jesus, um, the divine, yeah. I don't know. It yeah. was just coming through my body like, like a, oh, it's so hard to explain. It's like someone plugs the microphone in and this voice just comes directly into my body, and my body just knew exactly what to do, mm. and it and it just needed to do stuff on Jess's body. Yeah, and it was just speaking through me to Jess. Jess, I need you to trust, and I need you to lay down. <laughs> it wasn't even Jess. I need you to trust. Jess, lie yes. down. Yeah, Jess, lie was. down. Jess, lie down. And I'm looking at Rue like, Rue, should I lie down? Really? Rue's like, lie down. I'm like, okay, lie down. And um, yeah, I. I don't. I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to put it into words. But yeah. just what I went through was, I like you said. I had. I was saying things I didn't even know I was saying. When I look back now, I don't even know what I was speaking the whole time. The only remembrance I have was the epiphany that I had had, which was with my ulcerative colitis, and the reason I had manifested in my body was from as a young child, just wanting to be loved so deeply by dad. And never really feeling that he was meeting me there. Mm-hmm. And so my body created this disease because it was my way of getting attention. And 
Yeah, to have that realisation. And just even to have that realisation and see, you know, that dad does love me so much and see it from me as an adult now, but that was little Jess. This is what little Jess was feeling and it was all this inner child stuff coming through and huge realisation. And it was... I don't even know what time we all ended up going to sleep. It was just the whole night just rocked all of us. And then I know Rue went through his own journey as well. And it was just, yeah, I don't know. Basically, you just, you know, it just went from, you're not keeping things casual here, guys. (laughs) Yeah. And and those that are listening, you know, I talk about this every single time I, I jump on the podcast, I believe, is that, it is just so obvious that your emotion that you're storing in your body is creating the issues and creating the symptoms inside of you. The moment you face yourself and dive into those places that you don't want to go and allow yourself to express is the moment that you free yourself from suffering. Mm. Full stop. Fuck, it's that simple. And it was so clear and obvious. Like Jess had so much emotion stored in her body and it was just coming out and tears, and mourning, and wailing, like this little child, and it was so beautiful, you know, to see come out, and yeah, she was put in this like hypnotic state, where she didn't even know what was going on, but she just let go of control, and it just came out of her body, and I felt the same feeling, the same energy, move from her gut, and it moved up her spine, Mm. all the way up into her heart, and out of the crown of her head, and it was like this vortex of energy was just moving through her, uh, very profound. Yeah. So, th- so this is this happened, <laughs> and yeah, I didn't sleep that night at all. Um, just had so much energy. I was like, uh, I felt like I was literally just vibrating all night. Had stillness the next day, and that was special. And yeah, then then the integration happens, and the integration yeah. process begins. And never really, I never really gave my integration process the. the I feel the attention it deserved and mm. we kind of moved into a uh, a new sense of being. Like yeah. it was literally like I'd woken up in a new world the next Everything morning. Everything was different. Everything was different and for you too. Mm. You, like how are you explaining it? You're like things look brighter, um, senses are like way more sensitive. Yeah. You f- I remember you saying to me, the way that you're standing on the grass felt different. Yeah. Explain that. Yeah. I, I remember just lying on the grass and usually I'd always have distractions. I literally just lay there and I was just feeling, it was like my body was just taking on every single sense. And yeah, I, I just felt connected to everything. I think that's the word. I just felt so much more connected to yeah. everything around me. Yeah. And I feel like I could read read through things as well. Like I started being able to, if things didn't sit well, you and I spoken to this, this was the coming days afterwards, if things didn't sit well, I had to say it. I could not even keep it in my body. It was like our bodies were so clear that we couldn't take on any more. It won't. Yeah. It won't do it. The body knows how destructive it is to hold and store unspoken words Mm. or discomfort in some way. It has to get rid of it. It has to do it. So, yeah, you you were... you were shown and I think provided with some opportunities to have some really challenging conversations. Yeah. And it was the same for me. I got yeah. really I got really um, direct with love. You know, we can we can create really solid boundaries with love. As long as it's coming from love, they feel it. Mm. And and we we're then aware of things and people and potential activities that are in our life that are not serving us in a positive way we become like a clear channel and this is what happens when we have these moments of um, ascension the vibration rises we become more clear we become more intuitive we become more connected to, to everything in the world that's what you're feeling mm. and it's beautiful it's yeah. so beautiful uh, so yeah the story continues so yeah that was <laughs> that was the uh, you came down on a Wednesday after that. And I I felt you and I had changed hugely. We voiced that we felt things had changed. But in saying that, I was very weary of, not weary, but just, we'd just been through experience, also aware of the conversation we'd had a week prior, thinking, okay, cool, yes, this has brought us so much closer together. We've just witnessed 
parts of ourselves no one has ever witnessed in ourselves. Um, but this doesn't change what we are, you know, and what we've decided. And so I think we just felt very connected. And what I was feeling it as we're just very connected after what we've been through and didn't think that anything had changed on your part at all. And then, um, yeah, and then... It was unspoken, wasn't it? It was unspoken, yeah. We were just, we were just actually landing again we were, and yeah. we're going, what the frick just happened? <laughs> um, but felt yeah. this sense of, yeah, connection towards yeah. one another and it was like a, a whole new level. Yeah. I feel gratitude. Um, yes, I'd just been showing the depths of Jess's trauma and what was stored in her body and she was showing what I went through, mm. the, the near losing me and, and mm. then going to my trauma too. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I can to the deep end of the pool. Let's <laughs> fucking take the floaties off. Okay, let's do it then. Uh, We've yeah. got to, and then we took it we took it head on. But yeah, when I came back it was it was like that unspoken, um just unspoken words. Yeah. We were kind of um I think we were just ignoring it in a way because we were just integrating. We were yeah. just kind of we were feeling into what had just happened mm. and just mm. just breathing, feeling, living. Yeah. And it wasn't until the following weekend until things got even deeper again. Yeah. Do you want to explain that part? Like leading up to that part? Um, which which part exactly? It was the following weekend. After I got back from... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you and I had a conversation. And I think I had... It, well, is this when we were in bed and we had that conversation? And you could feel that I had a boundary oh yeah that's that's that night that was that night when you uh, I'm I'm lost right now you're lost I'm lost no I went down to Byron Bay and yeah I was, I was down in Byron Bay we were gonna go to a festival yeah and um we didn't end up going to the festival and that um so during this week it was crazy because I had loads of messages Family was worried about my heart because I hadn't had it checked. And this was the whole story. I had the heart attack the following week, the week before, and <laughs> I moved through it, and I couldn't really explain to anybody what, what happened, but it was an ego death, and the physical heart was still having issues. Yeah. The following week, it was still having palpitations in a way, and it was still feeling quite hot and tight every now and again. I didn't want to raise it to anyone. I didn't want anyone to be concerned because I'm in a place now where I'm in full surrender. If I die, I die, and I'm okay with that. There's no fear there. Like, it's perfect. I'm ready. If I can bring it on. Yeah. But, uh, but what happened was that day, um, Rue's mum rang him. We're at lunch, and she gets on the phone, and, oh, Rue, I should really get his heart checked, Rue. And I was listening to it on speakerphone. I was like, oh, fuck. it's weird that that's just came up, like, right here again, as my heart's kind of, like, you know, playing up a little bit and hadn't spoken out about it. Yeah. That was all good. And... um so yeah, there were thoughts in my mind, like maybe I do just get it checked. That was, story was kind of starting to create again. And um, anyway, that night we decided not to go to this festival, Splendour, because it looked like it was three feet full of mud on the, <laughs> in the mosh pit. And we weren't too keen to just <laughs> fully embody that state of being. We were a bit tired and we just ran two events in two days. Yeah. So I decided to go back to Jess's and we came back here for uh, for another quiet night and um, to chill, rest, and yeah, that night I woke up at about eleven o'clock. Yeah. And to give context, there was no THC involved, <laughs> um, no medicine, and and to give context, the time it happened before that, there was no intent to even have THC and go on a journey mm. with self. It was just to relax the body. The yeah. the the amount that I had was the smallest dose. Um, ever <laughs> so uh, for me to go through that experience was something else yeah so this night nothing I had nothing and I woke up at a little bit 11 eh? yeah it would have been and, you know, do you want to explain what happened do you want to explain that what oh. you experienced in your, in your, yeah, in your words my, yeah you woke up and you were just you actually just got up and walked out and you are like I'm, I need air and butt naked just up down the stairs out the front door up top of the driveway standing there just looking out at the sky and I'm I've run out after you and I'm like you okay you okay you okay and you had your heart and your your hand on your heart and you're just like no no and Rue was yeah and I was like do you want me to go get Rue no no and you you just 
for about 15, 20 minutes, you just stood there with your hand in your heart. And I had no idea what to do. And I just stood there with my hand on, I think my hand was on your shoulder or, and then you'd walk away and then you'd come back and I put my hand back on your shoulder. I, I was just giving you presents so that you knew I was there. And I think at one point I said, do you want me to call an ambulance? No. I thought, okay. And yeah, you, you were just, it? I felt it. Yeah. You were just going, you were just going there again, but in a different. It was uh, still racing. Your heart was beating yeah. out of your chest. And your heartbeat is the slowest heartbeat I've ever felt. <laughs> so I notice such a difference, and I can, but I can even see it in you. Like you get, you get quite racy in yourself, and you're such a calm human. So I can notice just in your, um, in how you show up, that your heart is racing so fast. And yeah, I think. And then you came up. St- the scariest thing was that. It was about 15, 20 minutes. Okay, let's go back inside. You came up, you lay down, and you just started saying goodbye to me. And I was like, what do you mean? And you're like, goodbye, I love you. Can you please tell my family that I love them? And you were just saying your goodbyes. Every single logical part of me was like, he is crazy. I'm going to call an ambulance. This is wild. But I knew that's not what you wanted me to do. I knew that if you really wanted help, you would have said something. And so I just had my hand on your heart and I was just, I was just there with you. I think I was sobbing and I think you were crying with me. And it's so hard even to, even to reinstate it. It's so hard to go back to that and put it into words. Cause I think I was just in, in the fully immersed in this experience with you. Um, and then you yeah, and then you started saying saying things again that and I, I knew something had taken over. It was revisiting that night again. When you just started things were just coming through. You were just channeling and you were just saying things to me and based on what I saw Rue do with you, I was aware of how to best support you through it. And I think you were picking up on stuff with me as well because you were like, you need to talk, you need a voice to me something, you need a voice with me something. You know? And I was like, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. Like, yeah, you do, you do. Just, you need to voice me something with me. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm fine. <laughs> and then eventually you just kept pushing, 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 and then I just cracked. It came, it came through for me so strong. It just... It was just like, yeah, it was this intelligence that I can't explain. It's just like, Jess has to say something. It was coming through me. It was like, Jess needs to speak. Yeah. Jess needs to speak. Jess needs to speak. Jess needs to speak. Jess needs to speak. And then I prodded and then Jess was like, no, I don't. I don't know. And then I what came know. through was just so clear. It was boundary, 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 boundary. And then you said to me, you've got a boundary. And I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> you got a boundary to voice. I've got to do. Yeah, I do. And I just said, I. Uh, what happened before that? I can't remember. You felt it. You felt it. You started crying because you knew there was a boundary. There you knew there was, there was something boundary. to be voiced. Yeah. Take the people on a journey. <laughs> let them feel. Let them feel it because you didn't. You didn't just go into speaking it. You you stopped and you were like, "Frick." Yeah, I know. There is, and yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> How do you know that? And mm. and you know that like it's so beyond mm. a human understanding. Yeah, it's just so hard to articulate. I know. I know. It's so hard to articulate. Yeah, and I didn't. I think what I didn't want to voice to you were my boundaries. And so I was just crying. And I was just crying to you and I said, I I want you to come in to me. <laughs> yeah, I said, I, I don't want to do the casual thing. I just want commitment. I was like, I just want you to choose me. And yeah, I just kept crying and kept telling you that and yeah. What happened? Keep talking. <laughs> I was just upset. I don't want to cry now. What yeah. did I say? Tell, I want you to tell a story. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You just... 
very surprisingly, you just said okay. I, I'll give you. I'll give you commitment. And you said it so, just matter of factly, like okay, sure, you know, it was, and very unexpected for me because. I thought it it was going to be met with resistance and I was crying because I was just like this is what I want and I can't have it. I was I was like a child. I was like this is what I want and I can't have it, but this yeah. is this is what I want. And it was what I hadn't told you like our entire time being together was just I just want you to commit to me. Like I just want I just want you to choose me. I just want to be the chosen one. Why does someone else have to be in the picture? Just choose me you know and I could I'd never been fully chosen in life you know I'd been with partners who cheated on me and you know you never feel fully chosen and yeah and I felt that what we were going through for me I'm so big on signs and it was my interpretation was the universe was saying no you're not meant to be in this casual dynamic you know every time you and I tried to step back we were plunged into the deeper depths of ourselves and um, a deeper connection and yeah I was just voicing to you that that that's basically when everything on my heart came out and just this is what I was feeling and you met me there which I was not expecting because I thought you were going to say, yeah, I know that's what you want, Jess, but this is, you know, that's not going to happen. And no. you're just like, okay, let's, let's go. Let's go. And, I yeah. was, and I was like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> mm. It was crazy. I, um, you know, and in that moment when I made the decision to just be, be there and be with you and, and choose you, mm. it was just so simple mm. for me. And it became really obvious and clear that I had to be shown another version of death in order to realize that you know, I've got everything that I've ever needed in this room you know mm-hmm. I've got everything that I've ever needed and what what else would I need what else would I need and it was so obvious yeah you know and it was such an easy decision to to meet your need in that way yeah, you said it with such ease, mm. that and but it'd been such a build up of to course. it, you know that that's why I was like, "Are you, yeah. <laughs> you joking right yeah. now? <laughs> Let me just check your heart. <laughs> Still feeding." Yeah, and yeah, your heart had. It was just it, it had gone back mm. down to normal yeah. Ryan speed, which is we still can't comprehend what really what really happened that night. No, because yeah, my my resting heart rate's starting, it's low. It's like fifty beats a minute, if yeah. not lower sometimes. And it would have been beating well over a hundred and fifty. Mm. What happens when we reach these high? This is through Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. When we go into these higher states of consciousness, we we go through these different brainwave states. High beta is what we're in right now when we're all thinking, processing, um, observing, listening, and above that is a brainwave state, delta which is actually like a really deep meditative state. And the brainwaves go so fast that they go like off the chart. And this is when people have these um, spontaneous remissions from stage four cancers and things like this. And I believe I was taken there. And this is why this intelligence came through my body. It told me exactly what I needed to do in order to free myself from the stuck energy in my body. Um... There, there was also a lot, of, a lot of other things that happened which are hard to understand and, and articulate but the way that it was my body was moving and manipulating it was like ironing my spine out it was opening all of the spine up and allowing all of this energy to flow up and down my body and it, it's quite hard to comprehend but yeah. this is what I believe I, I was in and when my heart's racing that fast I was in Delta it's like to connect it to everything which is, which is scary at the same time and when I, what the feeling is when, when this happens is it feels like I'm falling into myself. It feels like vertigo, but my whole spine lights up like a torch and it feels like everything is falling into me and I'm falling into myself. It's like a, it's like the turtle field uh, and it's fucking terrifying. It's scary. It feels like I'm dying. It feels like I'm dead, gone. And that's what I had to experience when I let go and said my goodbyes to Jess and everything went white again and fuzzy and warm and Again, that connection came through and that intelligence worked through my body again. Yeah. But far out. <laughs> that's that's an experience on its own and those that are listening going, what the hell? Like, I'm, you know, I get it. But just just trust in that 
I think to wrap up that kind of chapter of this conversation is to to trust in what needs to be voiced, to voice it to, to anybody, to yourself, to any, any emotion that needs to be felt, to feel it. Those things that you do not want to face, those parts of yourself that you do, you, you do not want to face, trust me, you will not be whole until you face and really welcome in and love those parts of yourself. Mm. Allow them to be seen. Find someone that you feel safe enough to, to let go and express in front of. Be seen in that. Be a little baby. Take yourself back to that place. It was really interesting. When Jess was holding me afterwards and I was sobbing, I was seeing my mum and Jess. I was just seeing my mum hold me and I was just sobbing. And she was holding me in this mothering feminine energy. So that was it was quite um, it was quite obvious to see that I was wanting to be held too. Mm. And, it, and it ca- that came up and manifested in my life for the following week. I felt really unsupported and unheard from everybody that I was telling what had happened to me too because I was trying to make it exciting when really deep down I was actually really afraid I was scared you know I still am in a way things are still happening to my body which terrify me a lot and I can't make sense of it but I'm just trusting in the process and and just letting it unfold as it will you know and again there's no fear of anything because I know it's all happening for me but yeah that following week I did I felt unheld and I needed to express that to those that are close to me and I had a beautiful release um, with Todd, Katie and Shakira and Rue, the team and it had to come out because my body was starting to get agitated and I was I was creating noise because I just wanted to be held I didn't realise that I did you know and, I, and it just came through I, you know, I felt unsupported uncared for and scared mm-hmm. and as soon as I said that it just all came through the tears came through and it was beautiful so those that are out there creating distractions in their life or creating noise or looking for attention, I know deep down that you just want to be held as well because below that anger and frustration is always sadness. It's always sadness. So get in there and get held and get supported and open up. Mm. Um, open up. I'd love to just talk into the last week that we've had, Jess, because it's been yeah. fucking crazy and beautiful mm. and raw yeah vulnerable and messy yeah and you know i believe <laughs> let's get really messy I, with it yeah then. i believe okay. there's a massive reason for all of this yeah. and you had that realization in the car ride the other day yeah i'd love for you just to like just give it an overview of what's happened and yeah. what you've learned through it and i feel what's been the biggest healing in the whole process and what what has enabled you to be able to do within yourself now yeah i feel like once you and I had established, okay, we're actually monogamous now and we're in this committed relationship. I thought, okay, cool, everything's great and dandy and it was interesting because it was like my body wanted to go back and remind me and just take me back, revisit what I'd been through when I was sick and how I was supported by the masculine or masculine partners in the past when I was sick and... This last week, I've been really, really unwell. I don't know if I came down with a tummy bug, but basically it was a revisit back to having an osteoclitis layer. I was run to the bathroom 20, 30 times a day, um, ended up in hospital on Saturday. and um, Take me through the journey. Of me, yeah, it was just basically just a lot of diarrhea and utter utter fatigue um if you have ever experienced gastro times it by 30 and that's what it's like when you have IBD or um uh, even I know people with IBS suffer very similar symptoms and just having zero energy I was losing a lot of water through my poo and I got to a point uh, where I went to stillness on Saturday morning he had supported me the whole week I was firstly have never been held like that from anyone and it's interesting because you were so aware of that because I kept asking are you okay can I do anything for you meantime I'm lying there like (laughs) really struggling and in my own trenches Um, but yeah you'd gone to stillness on Saturday morning and I woke up and I just knew I wasn't okay and I knew that it'd been now six days of rushing to the bathroom with diarrhea and I called my girlfriend and Mon and I said, 
babe, you need to take me to hospital. And she came, grabbed me. We got went straight into emergency. They took me straight through, put me on ECGs because my heart rate was wild. And um, What was that? 156 on arrival at the hospital. So I got swept in and put in and, yeah, put on fluids basically and I was in hospital all day. Get, get, get really real. Like I know. It, you, you keep dumbing you, it down. I know. You, this, this is, is your me. Ch- yeah, this is yeah. you. Stop doing that. Like we're telling the story. Okay. Get real. <laughs> <laughs> like for those that are listening, context, like heart rate at 150, 160 is freaking high. Resting heart rate should be between 60 and 70 on average. Yeah. So this is, you know, double. Yeah. Over, well over double. Like full heart attack status. Yeah, yep. which is why they raced me in. Yeah. yeah, I was, yeah, they. I think they thought I was going to have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe, basically. Yeah, out of air. Out of air, was, couldn't even stand up straight. I was sobbing when Mon came to fetch me. I was sitting at the top of the driveway, hunched over. She had to help me in the car. I was just crying the whole way there. She was in tears, looking at me in the state I was in. And... Yeah, they put me in hospital and they took my blood. They couldn't even get blood out because I was so dehydrated. And uh, Mon sent you a message just saying, hey, we're in emergency and not not to worry you. But And, uh, yeah, you arrived and they hooked me up with some water finally after three hours and you and after we had a, a bit of a at the nurses um and water brought me back to life instantly but in those waiting for three hours I'd already pooed my pants like four or five times was literally running to and from the bathroom Ryan's looking at me in my tracksuit pants I've got like (laughs) poo everywhere it was I wasn't looking at you no I know you weren't but you know it's yeah it was basically I was in a really really dark place the last few days and I always try and hide my sickness with humour because I don't actually want to talk into the pain of it because I don't want to be a burden to people. That's what she's doing now, so attention. I'm trying to call her out. Yeah, I know. Because I wanted to get real, get yeah. serious. Yeah. Tell your story. Yeah. Like, it was it was gnarly. Like, it was gnarly. She was in the bed, like, flopped over. She could hardly move. <laughs> and then here we were trying to get her to the bathroom every five minutes. And yeah. She looked like an old little nana. Yeah. Could hardly walk. Like, yeah. um, blood pressure was, it was all over the show. And, yeah, she was so dehydrated. And we were there for four hours and they hadn't put water in you. Yeah. That's context. Like, she was fading away more and more and more. Mm. We're trying to get water in her. And as soon as she'd get water in her, it would come straight through about yeah. t- a minute later. Mm. Straight out there at the end. Like, the body was just refusing it. So when you're in this fight or flight state, the body won't digest anything. It won't hold anything. It just wants to get it out because it's actually just trying to survive. It doesn't have time to process food. This is why I really reiterate the importance of regulating a nervous system, especially when you're training and um, going to the gym and just in everyday life. Like, if you're eating all the good foods and you're in a fight or flight state too much, you're wasting your time. You might as well eat McDonald's. So, regulation of the body. This is just to give you context of the state that she was in. It was, it was full on. She's trying to dumb it down. <laughs> I know she is, but it was it was full on. And yeah. for me to see it was, it was um, it was real. It was just real, you know, and I I'd known the severity of what you've been through, but I hadn't seen it. I hadn't witnessed it. You know, you've told me stories of um, constantly being in hospital and out of hospital and the way that you were uh, looked after with your old partner and <laughs> the way that he didn't look after you as well. And mm. that was, you know, scary to listen to and hear that you'd been through all of those things. And, you know, I really wanted you to feel safe um, in that environment and I just wanted to make sure that you just felt safe that was my number one thing just made sure you feel safe the whole time we're in the hospital because those environments in there especially in the ER like there's a lot going on yeah. lots of noise lots of screaming shouting and it's not a nice environment to be in yeah. full stop with a, and I just wanted you to feel safe yeah and, which you, know. you did and yeah for me it was the last week has been a huge lesson in learning to receive love without being able to give it back, being in a, a state to give it back. And it was really interesting as well because it's the sickest I've been in three, four years. And 
you and I took a trip up to the sunny coast what, three days ago and we had to stop like three, four times on the way up because I was, <laughs> I was dying for the bathroom. And, but I had an epiphany going up and I just, I don't know, it just came to me and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm revisiting this because I need to see what it's like when actually someone who unconditionally loves you is there supporting you like you just your presence for me this last week you're you know even in the hospital I'm sitting there stroking you like hey you hungry you thirsty like can I get you anything this it's a trauma response to me because I'm so used to someone sitting there looking at the time being like fuck like how much longer are we going to be here you know just drink some water you'll be fine kind of thing and I was saying to you, let's just go, babe, babe, let's just leave, let's just leave. No, Jess, we're going to wait here, we're going to stay. You need some water and you will go once you had your fluids. And it was, yeah, such a huge epiphany for me that, oh my gosh, I've gone back to the state to revisit it and experience it differently with a partner who actually is supporting me wholeheartedly. And that is healing the emotional parts of this disease and how I should have been held the whole time that I was sick for me now to be able to move forward because I in the last 24, 48 hours, I have had the quickest turnaround and I'm like on cloud nine now, but your whole thing while I was sick I kept saying to you what can I do what can I do for you what can I do for you and you're like just the only thing you can do for me right now is just look after yourself like just focus on you and you're rushing around me like you were nurse you like my mum looks after me like a boss when I'm sick everyone wants their mum when they're sick I want you when I'm sick <laughs> you were like oh just I can't even I yeah I can't even explain the feeling I got of safety of being sick with you and actually allowing myself to be fully seen you know you witnessed the deepest deepest parts of me last week and I kept saying you this is like a three four years down the track thing not a we're committed and now you're being thrown into this right now to witness me in such deep vulnerability and physical sickness and to have your support, I feel, has just healed so much of my past with my osteoclitis and everything that I've been through with this disease. And I understand from, like, more of a woo-woo point of view that this, whatever I've just experienced, this pouch layer, this bug has come back to remind me, like, hey, Jess, like, this is what it's like to be unconditionally loved when you're not well. And this is what it should feel like rather than what I've experienced in the past. So, yeah, it's just, it's been a huge week of receiving love for me. Yeah. Mm, receiving love and that's all it is. It, you know, love, love isn't rushed. Mm. Love isn't on a time schedule. It's something that I've really realized over the past few weeks is, what we have is right now and we have this moment just here mm. together and it's like the the most amazing thing. It's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. So like when I was taken into ER and I was in there with you and amongst all of that, I was falling in love with the whole process. This is, I get to experience this. I get to be in here with you as you're going, this is amazing, mm. you know? I know? And it just, I, I feel... It's it's all about perspective and being able to fall in love with the, the entire process of life. Yeah. For, for those that are listening and are moving through challenges with their partners and are finding it hard and struggling, like, fall in love with it. Yeah. Fall in love with that process and transparency, openness, vulnerability is all that's going to allow you to move forward, yeah. to grow and expand. Like yeah, I feel like the biggest thing I've learned in this connection with you and I is that if I ask for something, and I'm always expecting the worst. Like, just stop expecting the worst. You never know if actually someone's going to meet you 
where you like in what you want mm. because if I'd never voiced that boundary you and I wouldn't have you know, we'd still be <laughs> I, I don't know, know where, where we'd, we'd be. be actually we'd be exactly <laughs> where we're meant to be but I think we'll just fast track a bit of it yeah which is great yeah and like love can be love can be so many different things mm. for me it's 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 a way of living you can you can live in love. You can be in love with with life, mm. you know. And the love within an intimate relationship is different because there's so many different aspects to it. But yeah, you you can choose to to be in love with everything. Yeah, and that's that's my invitation. And we we can talk. We could go into so many different avenues with the way in which we communicate and are together now to give people. I feel like a, an understanding of how to show and receive and be open and to communicate with different things and mm. the way that we do things for one another and how it's received and how it's not. And, mm. you know, one thing Jess always tries to do is pay for everything. <laughs> like, fuck it, Jess, put the card away. <laughs> she, she be, oh. like it's a trauma response because it's, trauma that's response. how she used to. Yeah. She used to be the provider in all of her relationships. Yeah. That, was the, that was her way of feeling as though that she... Deserve to be loved. Yeah. I was I literally keep trying to buy your love. <laughs> what I said at the butcher. Uh, yeah, yeah. you just said, stop buying my love. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Jess, I'm not feeling, I don't feel any don't love feel from it, you when yeah. you pay for my food. Yeah. Like, I feel love from you when you when you hold me, when you rub my head, <laughs> when you rub my back. You know, in other, yeah. in other ways, paying for something isn't going to give me any love. Yeah. In the way that you, that you want it to. Yeah. So it's like understanding one another, one another's love languages, and and how one another receives and gives, and becoming aware of these little patterns yeah. that we're doing unconsciously to seek the love, and to feel worthy of the love. Yeah, actually, that brings up when um, yesterday I said to you, I was like, I think your love language is actually acts of service because I'm sorry, but I've my house has never been so clean. You cook me food. Every single meal. I haven't cooked in like a week and a half. My washing's done. And, you know, I was just saying this to you. And I was like, you're definitely acts of service. And you're like, no, I'm not. But I know you are. And that's why I'm doing it. And oh, just to have you being so aware. Like, you're just so in tune with me. And so aware of my needs. And you say things that I'm feeling before you pick up on my energy of what I'm feeling before you even say it mm. and it's just um actually while I was away you found you went cleaning under my bed and found a, a journal and you just like you're like hey there's something on your bed and it was a journal and I'd opened it and the page I opened to was uh like two years ago I'd written a list of my unwavering qualities in um you know, my partner and what I wanted and what I wasn't going to, you know, basically just the list. And I sat there and I read it out to you and I was having such a little laughing about it because I thought, oh my God, I've been manifesting you this the whole time. <laughs> I had no idea. And it's just come into my life at the perfect moment for me to be like, oh my goodness, look what I found. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, special, hey? Yeah, it's crazy. So special. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Was, it, it will yeah. come. It was. It will come. And when you find a man that will carry your nappies down the road, <laughs> yeah, we left down. hospital. <laughs> we <laughs> we left hospital, and the woman, the nurse, had offered me nappies because I said that I had um, pooed my tracksuit pants, and I was like, no, I'm not going to wear nappies. Like they were good adult diapers, <laughs> and we were like, walking out of emergency, and I glanced over at right, he's carrying my my adult nappies. <laughs> <laughs> it's carrying your diapers. They look like um. They look like um. What is that program called? Uh, rug rugrats. Look like rugrats. rugrats. Yeah, yeah. We haven't used them. We have not used them, no, which is great. Haven't. Yeah. No, we won't need them. Yeah, no. She's healed, and yeah. she's and she's healing every day, like every single, every hour. Right? Yeah. Feeling just completely new version of Jess. It's really exciting. And yeah. I believe that this is the final. The final folding of this chapter mm. um, for Jess to move through and can't wait to see what's next. And yeah, but it all comes down to safety and just you providing that safety. Yeah, 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If you don't feel safe in your relationship, zoom out. Zoom out a little bit. Yeah. And you just you, to to figure that out, you just ask yourself, Am I do I feel safe here? Yeah. Am I do I feel safe in this dynamic, in this relationship? And if your body closes in you in any way, if you feel a tightness or a bit of tension in your chest, that is a no. The body's speaking. Mm. If you feel a warmth and an openness, know that it feels good. Say yes. So I trust that you just felt that. I'm sure you're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Trust in whatever feels feels good. And, and make the change, yeah. take the action, have the conversation. We need to say is, look, I don't feel safe. Yeah. This is what I need to, to feel more safe. This is what I desire from this relationship. This is these are my needs. I need them met. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm fucking out of here. I don't need you. Mm. Yeah. You don't. I don't need you. I'm you an independent woman. Independent <laughs> woman. Don't need no man. Yeah. <laughs> We we should all be adding to one another's life. Should yeah. all be adding. We should all be adding things, adding fun, adding play, adding safety. You know, we're not fulfilling a part of self that we can't fulfill ourselves. We're just adding, yeah, adding extra. We're cheersing. We're celebrating life together. Mm. So we're doing having yeah. fun, yeah, and healing parts of self too that we can't get to on our own. Absolutely, That's yeah. What relationships all the, about. You've been the biggest mirror for the healing that I need to do mm. because there's only so much healing you can do on your own. I feel. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So thank you. I thank you. <laughs> and thanks, thanks for those that have been listening. It's been, it's been fun. We were planning to do a thirty minute podcast, <laughs> yeah, and here we are, an hour six later. <laughs> I trust you got a lot out of that. Just a, it's an overview. Like, yeah, being honest, setting boundaries, being open, being vulnerable. And also going with the flow of going with the flow, going of with the flow. like Don't force. You, you and I went through so many dynamics, but there was this undercurrent the whole time for me that just c- kept saying to me, "Stay, stay, 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 stay." And I had no idea why I was staying. There were times when I was like, "What <laughs> the hell are you staying for, Jazz? This, this guy's going to travel the world. This guy's going to tra- he's leaving in a month to travel the world. <laughs> you are." He doesn't even want a committed relationship. <gasps> what the hell are you staying for? But I just had this inner knowing to stay. I had no idea why, but mm. I was just listening to it. And I had noise around me saying, go, go, what are you doing, you crazy girl, leave. But I just had this inner, this huge inner, yeah, knowing, just saying, stay. There's something in this for you. There's something in this for you. And I, I realized it was, I needed to actually just voice you. I want commitment can you meet me there or not? And you very easily said, yeah, okay. All right. Here we are. <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. Thanks for listening, fam. We trust you got something out of that and enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're doing. Sitting on the loo, driving your car, walking down the beach, in the gym, whatever you are doing, continue having fun, continue being honest, continue being yourself. I love you. Love ya. Mwah.